0: It's my privilege this morning to introduce our speaker, uh, Nate Mirza. Nate and his wife, Kay, have served with Navigators for almost 50 years um, in the Arabian Peninsula and in the United States, um, ministering to college students, international college students, and most recently training others to do that same type of ministry. So um, I'd like to introduce Nate. I'd like to invite him up to the platform to bring a message from the Lord for us today. Seventy, you're allowed to forget. Uh, We've had the privilege of being associated with this church for 34 years, and I'm so grateful to be back. You have blessed us in so many ways, and we're thankful for your support. Global missions. I want to give you a taste of cross-cultural relations. So if we could uh, have our first... Picture here. I want you to meet some famous impressionist artists. Edgar Degas, Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec, Vincent van Gogh, of course. And what about Claude Monet? The mystery supreme of the 21st century is what do these artists have, painters have in common with a modern criminal? The masterful plot in Paris. <clears throat> A thief in Paris. Planned to steal some famous paintings from the Louvre. Decapere. <laughs> he got past security and stole the paintings. He made it safely to his van. Only two blocks away, he was captured when his van ran out of gas. <laughs> How could you mastermind such a clever crime and then make such a stupid mistake? Monsieur, that is the reason I stole the paintings. I had no money. To buy the gas. To make the van go. See if you have the gall to send this to someone! (laughs) I sent it to you because I figured I have nothing to lose! (laughs) Hello! We'll skip those. (laughs) Your other cross-cultural experience. A new language. Let's read it together. Shapakat, Ushlama, Alohan. That is my mother tongue, Assyrian or Syriac. And it says, Grace and peace to you from our family. Our goal today is to experience. God developing his motivation for global missions in our minds and our hearts. So would you pray to that effect? Let's take a brisk walk through the Bible to get God's heart for the nations. First passage I want us to look at is uh, Genesis 1, 2. This is a loving God, has a magnificent creation, and man's rebellion against his authority and character. (coughs) Chapter 3, we find a loving God's search and rescue mission. They have sinned, they have rebelled. And God is the one who takes the initiative, where are you, Adam? Adam. Genesis 12 promises made to Abraham that I will bless you as the pioneer of a new nation and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. God has always had all the nations of the earth on his heart. We jump to Isaiah 49.6, amazing passage. This is spoken to the children of Israel, Who are in exile in Babylon modern-day Iraq and before they come back he says you will do more than restore Israel to me keyword is more that's not enough that's too small a thing I will make you a light to the Gentiles that my salvation may go to the ends of the earth that's God's heart And then the passage that we're so familiar with, let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For God so loved talks about an extraordinary love the world a universal love that he gave a sacrificial love gave his only son that whoever believes in him individual love how do we resist that to a seeking heart to an honest heart Jesus is absolutely irresistible Let's go to Luke 19.10. Are we on there? Okay, got to press harder. Continuation of God's heart for the nations. Uh, Jesus on his rescue mission, he says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Pastor talked about that earlier. Without him, we are lost. <clears throat> I'll illustrate that a little later. We go to Acts one eight, and the commission that Jesus gives the disciples before he goes to heaven. You, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, where they were, and Judea, the province that Jerusalem was in, Samaria, the next province, and to the ends of the earth, the rest of the world. Always, God's heart is for the whole world, all peoples. <clears throat> Romans 5 8, it's a loving sacrifice. When He should have judged us, He took the judgment on Himself. But God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a wonderful uh, commemoration today. The Apostle Paul in Romans 15, 20 expresses his passion. He says, it has always been my ambition to preach Christ where he has not been made known. That is a... Basic foundational strategy of missions. Where is he not made known? That's where we go. And then the fulfillment of God's rescue mission. Fan- we have a fantastic future. Let's read it together. And they sang a new song You are worthy to take the scroll. My own. Yeah, thank you. People of God from all peoples language nations and cultures are going to be reigning with Christ on the new earth in righteousness my wife reminds me every single day that she longs for Jesus to come and establish a reign of righteousness to replace this brokenness that we have today I would have no objections if he came back today You see, for this kind of a reign, there's no need to campaign, no need to cut down rivals, no need to spend millions of dollars or billions of dollars cutting each other down. I'm sure you've noticed that love is written all over God's character, God's heart, and God's plans. Let's take a look at part of God's strategy to reach the nations. I love this. He chose flawed people. I can identify with that. Abraham was a liar. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Jonah was a racist. Peter a coward. Saul of Tarsus was a religious terrorist. Tim Tebow is a nice guy. (laughs) And you and me. I'd like to share my story, not to focus on myself, but because I believe you'll be able to identify much of it. The Lord Jesus loved me to himself at age 17 when I came as an international student from Iran to Uh, Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California. Thanks to a great local church that was focused on Christ, the Bible, and world missions, I was helped. Thanks to help from a fellow student who became my spiritual father. Thanks to help from different Christian organizations like Child Evangelism, I loved their flamograph stories. I could understand them. <laughs> that was their PowerPoint in those days. Yeah. But during that first year, it became very clear to me that God wanted me to serve him full-time. Here are some ways in which God prepared me. <clears throat> this is my great-great-great-grandfather. This is my great-great-grandfather. That's my grandfather. Sorry, I missed a generation there. And this is my mother. All these three men I discovered later in life were pastors, preachers of the gospel in northwestern Persia or Iran today. There are people in your background that have had a role in your relationship to Jesus Christ I hope if they are alive that you will thank them so spiritual heritage <clears throat> I had an unforgettable childhood experience I'm sorry I don't have my pointy here but about just to the left of that curve in the river you see what looks like a swimming pool It is a swimming pool. I was drowning in that swimming pool at age nine. I mean, sorry, age seven. Thanks to Google Maps, I'll be able to find it today. God gave me, look back now, and a a personal experience of understanding lostness as I was drowning I was hope- helpless hopeless and lost and if this man didn't hear my brother screaming and jumped in the pool and with his clothes and shoes and everything on save me I would not be today here today why are we going this way Okay, for good reason. <laughs> let's <clears throat> let's read this together. Acts twenty six, eighteen. I am sending you to send them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. God used this passage to say, Nate, this is what I want you to do with your life. To go to people that are lost. To turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. So the scriptures play a major role In anything to do with global missions my first experience of sharing the gospel was in the county jail during the services I heard about jail service at three o'clock this afternoon so jail service what is a jail service never heard of jail services before in my life and uh, the guys were there we were there and i had to say something (laughs) but that broke the sound barrier that was my jerusalem another thing that god did to prepare me for world missions was to pray for it to pray for missionaries receive their newsletters and pray for them and then it was a um, dentist who taught me how to give, showed me a scripture, he set the example, and it's been a privilege and joy to give to world missions, to the work of the church ever since then. How many of you receive um, Brian and Patty Nelson's newsletter or emails? okay some of you do a lot more of you need to these are people working among hindus in london and elsewhere supported by our church they need your prayer support this will put global missions more on your heart whatever you need to do check with the communication lady lisa how to get on their list Urbana 1957, God used to broaden my scope. There were 4,000 people at Urbana 57. I thought the whole world was there. (laughs) You go today, there'll be 20,000. But I thank God for that experience. Then I had the privilege of serving with the Navigators for the last 50 years. He not only chooses flawed people he also chooses flawed communities like the hebrew nation like the worldwide church like high point church and we couldn't do what we're doing if it wasn't like for churches like high point that helped support us do it we're deeply grateful He chooses flawed societies within the church, like university, crew, the navigators, youth with a mission. It's wonderful. Are you a flawed person? Rejoice. Give thanks. You qualify. (laughs) You qualify. God specializes In transforming flawed people and using them in spite of them, I got ahead of myself. All right, you'll forgive me. Am I am I asking or saying that everyone should be a full-time missionary in the remotest parts of the world? A thousand times, no. That is not what I'm trying to say. In fact, I firmly believe that God's primary workforce for communicating the good news of Jesus Christ is lay people, families, builders, teachers, plumbers, engineers, nurses, farmers, geeks, actors janitors football players kids they have a way of opening doors that nobody else does. and moms what would we do without moms god bless you kay and i came to madison wisconsin in 1977 to reach international students knowing full well that about 99 percent of them would not go into full-time ministry uh, and missionary work. They would go back to their places or wherever God sent them as lay people, <clears throat> business and professionals. But investing in their lives, investing in their lives as followers of Jesus Christ helped equip them to serve Christ among their own people. Let me tell you about Budi. He came from an Asian country. He cheated his way into the University of Wisconsin. He paid somebody back home to change his grades, high school grades, so that he would be accepted over here. Well, during his time here, he came to know Christ through another Indonesian guy that I'll tell you about later. What do you do? We had a discussion. He went and prayed about it, he went to the authorities, and said, this is what I did. That was a tough decision, because depending on what they did, he would be bringing shame on himself, and shame in Asia is huge. He would have to go back to his country and therefore bring shame on his family who were very prominent uh, wealthy people. The campus authorities told him, had you not told us, and we found out, we would have kicked you out of UW, we would have kicked you out of the country. Another guy that came here was Herman. He came to, he was studying at Ohio Ohio Wesleyan. Somehow he ended up uh, visiting friends here uh, during a spring break. We told him about a conference for international students in Colorado Springs. He showed up in the summer, and halfway through he came up to me. He says, Nate, if I transfer to the University of Wisconsin, will you disciple me? I've never had anybody make that kind of an offer. (laughs) I said, I'll do the best I can. Um, What a privilege to work with uh, Herman and later his sister, Susie. Today, he's a successful businessman in Indonesia. He was part of this church during his days here. In his business, he has a daily chapel, half an hour for a half an hour before work begins. You know any businesses here that do that? I haven't heard of any. They're seeing people come to Christ. He and his sister, who was also a disciple here, have developed a school, starting with a preschool grade, added a class each year to 1400 through high school today. They have developed two other mission schools in Uh, outlying areas of Indonesia they train their teachers they disciple their teachers to reach the students and through the students to reach the parents and now they're dreaming of a, of a, a university where they will train these kind of teachers for the whole nation On Valentine's Day, Kay and I are going to go visit these fantastic people in Asia. See how they're doing. Encourage them and learn from them. The future of missions. Uh, How many of you have a copy of Operation World? Okay, big thick book. Fantastic book. The author is Patrick Johnstone. He has just come out with a new one, the global church, future global church. Talks about history, trends, and possibilities. Uh, The missions team, you've got to get a copy of this, wherever you are. Uh, The center The center of Christianity is clearly moving from the West to Asia, Africa, and Latin America. That is a clear trend, no question. Combined, they have more missionaries than the West have. We're declining. God is using the role of technology to speed things up. You translate the Bible faster, Some of you can read the scriptures in your palm. All you have to do is this. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) But let's not be dazzled by technology. It is a servant, it's not a master. It has occurred to me that John 1.14 does not say, and the word became email." The Word became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. So let's use technology to connect with people, not just to send messages. A clear trend is you're going to see more and more multicultural churches. Some years from now, there'll be a lot of different faces over here. I got to speak in a church in Denver made up of people from Nepal, from Africa, from Indonesia. What fun we had. It is so much fun. Multicultural leaders. We have to embrace and adjust to these changes. Won't be comfortable. There'll be tensions. It calls for a very high degree of humility especially on the part of white americans who have been used to being in charge dominating initiating innovating and thank god for all they have done god has used social and political economic medical educational technological and religious movements to extend the gospel to the world one of these movements involves higher education A week ago, I watched a C-SPAN presentation uh, with uh, Dr. Zbigniew Brzezinski. He was the National Security Advisor to President Jimmy Carter. He quoted from a report on the top 500 universities in the world. Of those top 500, the top 20... 18 of them were American universities. I hope you see the significance of that. That the future leaders of the nations are coming here to our doorstep. Global missions isn't just going over there. God is bringing those leaders over here. We have close to a million university, students, and families from all over the world at our doorstep and in our classrooms. In a world that's going to be increasingly chaotic and America will have less dominance, you have the greatest opportunity to develop global friendships and learn from these people. with different perspectives and develop ministry partnerships. We developed these with the over 5,000 international students on this campus alone from 128 countries. The mission field is right here. You don't have to learn Assyrian. Allow me to say it again. It will take a high degree of humility on our part to be learners. Can't help but remember Setrag Khoshafian from Lebanon. He was studying for a PhD over here. He made this comment one day. He says... Americans don't want to listen to us. They just want to teach us. That's a powerful statement, if we'll take it seriously. Here are a couple positive illustrations of learning from people of other cultures. A seminary in Indonesia requires the students to plant a church before they graduate them. Is that a high bar or what? (laughs) Listen to Bishop Hua Young of the Methodist Church in Malaysia. The key question is, How can the vast resources of the west of Western Christianity, on the one hand, and the vitality and dynamism—sorry, let me start again. Uh, You know, it would help if I used glasses, wouldn't it? (laughs) The key question is, how can the vast resources of Western Christianity on the one hand and the vitality and dynamism of non-Western Christianity on the other become a powerful synergistic whole for world evangelization? That's partnership. That has to come. I'm so glad you're having an Indian brother speak your friend next week. Take him seriously. In fact, blow him away by going up to him afterwards and telling him one thing that you learned from him. That would be a great start. Four challenges ahead of us a host of humble people who will find creative and passionate ways of communicating the gospel with global partners. Secondly, a massive effort to bring people out of poverty, discrimination, and bondage to freedom in Christ. There's a young couple, young American couple, in Brazil, living among the slums, They have chosen to live on the same economic level as the people in the slums. They spend the first half of the day until noon in worship and seeking God in order to see God tear down oppressive and addictive evils. I don't do that. Thirdly, a generous use of money based on the values of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> um, how much do you normally pay for a Coke bottle? Um, dollar. 50 a dollar. dollar? Fifty cents? Okay. How much damage does this do to your body? (laughs) Um, Let's take, be conservative. Let's take 200 people uh, giving $10 a month in addition to what they're giving now. You will make Rick's day Because by the end of the year, they will have $24,000 more for missions. Wouldn't that make you a day, Rick? (laughs) You say, yeah. Okay. All right. You say, Nate, how do you get $10 a month in a down economy time? How many of these do you consume? How many cups of coffee do you consume? One, just one, according to these figures, you crunch them, we're talking about 34 cents a day. I mean, that's less than one Coke. You can get a lot more than 24,000 right? <laughs> this is just one. This is not sacrificial. Um, in Washington, they like to kick the can down the road. Well, let's let's kick this one down. (laughs) And let it advance God's global vision. It really isn't that hard. To sell more than take care of Brian and Patty Nelson's uh, backlog. For God's people, fourthly, hello, for God's pe- fourthly, for God's people to prayerfully take his marching orders to make disciples of all nations seriously. People are lost without Christ. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Let's follow him. What about you? Do you believe that without Jesus Christ living in you, you are lost? Like me, at age seven unless someone jumped in and rescued me from that swimming pool I was lost that was it, I wouldn't be here today thank God for those songs that we sang today Jesus gives his life that you and I may not have to take on God's judgment, just judgment he took it on himself if you haven't received him yet, would you do that today? Would you do it before you go to bed tonight? In spite of the Super Bowl. This has eternal significance, eternal consequences. If you know the Savior, he's calling you. As flawed as you are, you qualify. A great place to start is right here where you are. When we invested in the students like Herman and Susie, we had absolutely no idea what God was going to do with them. And I could tell you story after story after story. I'll have to wait for another time. But well, let's be finishing off. What is God's call? To follow Christ today. Be a witness where you are. Invest in missions. And do it gladly. Make a total surrender with no reservations in 1957 at the urbana convention i said lord you can do whatever you want with me wherever you want and at whatever time you choose that is freedom and i've loved it ever since go on a mission trip Take advantage of the free, you'll never, college students, you'll never have as much free time in your life as you do now, even if you don't believe it. It's true. Take advantage. Go on a missions trip. Ask God for a mentor or accountability group in your life. Save money now to go to the next Urbana convention in St. Louis. Intervarsity is prominent here. You'll, know all, you'll get all the word on that. Go, go for it okay what is behind all this why engage in missions i want to deal with motivation at the deepest levels i don't want your motivation to be the magnitude of the task what a challenge i don't want it to be the adventure i don't even want it to be guilt The glory of God inspires us. The love of Christ motivates
1: us.
0: (coughs) The power of the Holy Spirit energizes us. The lost condition of man moves us. And the rescue operation of Christ delights and transforms us. Remember our goal today? Did God develop his motivation for global missions in your minds and hearts? Would you take a moment to pray silently and say, Lord, what was one thing you were trying to impress me with? Let's do that now. you share what God impressed you with with somebody today whether it's at lunch with the family with a friend during halftime at Super Bowl whatever share that with someone it'll go deeper in your life
1: He won't have a lot of time to talk to you after the service because we'll have another service upstairs, um, which is a great reason to come to the mission luncheon after second hour. Um, And you could blow him away by going up and telling him one thing you learned today too. Um, Why don't you stand? We'll pray and receive the benediction. Let's pray. Father, um, a lot of us experience church as really the most our culture thing that we do, where we're with the people the most like us and where we do something that's quintessentially American and all these kinds of things, and we don't often think that it is this place that should make us the most international people in the world, the most other interested and the most cosmically minded Father, we pray that you would help us to embrace those truths and the ones that Nate shared with us today. And now may the Lord bless you, keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming.